Uh, as you know, this is Preacher's Month, and uh, we've been blessed. I've, heard, I've had many compliments uh, over the message, the le- messages the last couple of weeks on the emphasis of prayer and seeking the Lord. Uh, so, Pastor Wayne, Pastor Bill, uh, Bill Unger, uh, thank you for your word. It was really good word, all of you. Amen. <clears throat> so today we have one more uh, guest speaker uh, for the month, and she's our daughter, Stacy. And um, I was thinking of how to, how to introduce Stacy, because most of you know her pretty well. But when Pamela and I started in the ministry, Stacy was about five or six years old. Uh, she was born into a Christian f- mother and f- uh, family. We were saved for a couple of years, then we had Stacy. Um, but we were brand new Christians and, uh, you know, working out some things. But by the time she was five or six, um, we, were, we were in full-time ministry. So she got to see ministry close up from a very little girl. She saw, she saw some great things and some not-so-great not things. Her testimony is that God has kept her from going too deep into any sinful area, but nonetheless, she had to get saved, and she did. Um, she, uh, she went to uh, Worcester State uh, College uh, pursuing an art major. She went to master's commission out in Arizona to uh, study discipleship. Um, she is our worship leader. She's our women's leader. She's now our kids leader. And she pays all the bills in the church. So she's very important to this church. Come on, you can laugh. <laughs> I thought that was a little funny. Literally, she does. She's our bookkeeper, in case you didn't know. So uh, we heard the message uh, earlier. And um, I know that Stacy heard from the Lord today. So we're proud of you, Stacy. Uh, in case anyone's wondering, Stacy is also a product of homeschool, and uh, she's done really well. I know many parents are thinking about that now under the current situation with the pandemic and school starting up soon. Anyway, Stacy, are you ready to preach? I know you have a lot to say. <laughs> so give her a warm welcome as she comes, please. Stacy Amendola Johnson. Should I start over? Should I start over, guys? All right. It is a privilege and an honor to be up here. I do not take this pulpit lightly. It is um, truly an honor to be trusted with it. Thank you, Pop, Pastor. Um, And I I do feel like the Lord gave me a word for you, the church. I'm a grown-up church girl. Um, I love the church. And I am um, grateful for the childhood that I had um, in the church, and I am grateful for the staying power of the Lord and of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Um, I know that, uh, Pastor said, you know, my my greatest testimony is to go far um, 
to find the Lord, and I'm so thankful for that. And now as a parent, that is my heart's cry for my children, right? So I want to invite you to pray over the children of the church that they will stay with the Lord, and they will not have to go far to find a personal relationship with him. Amen? All right. I was talking out this message on the way to the beach on Thursday with Ava, who's now sitting in the front seat. She's 11. She's a big girl. And uh, so I was just like casually chatting about what the Lord had uh, spoke to me. And Ava said, Mommy, you know that's like 12 points. I was like, oh, man, I'm not going to have enough time to get through 12 points on a Sunday morning. So I asked the Holy Spirit to edit me, and I believe that he did. Um, but I do talk a lot, so buckle up, guys. Just kidding. This We're going to pray, and then we're going to get started, all right? Bow your heads with me and your hearts with me. Lord, we love you. We love you so much. We are so grateful, Father, that we have the freedom to worship your name out loud. We are so grateful that you show up in worship, that you show up and inhabit the praises of your people. Thank you for moving this morning already, and we ask you for more, Father. I pray that you um, empower and give me um, direction and the words to say, Lord, I want to I wanna give the people what you have, you have um, impressed upon me. So please, be in every word, Lord, every word. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Can everyone hear me? I'm hearing me like in, out, in, out, but if you guys can hear me, oh, we're good, James? All right. Um, so the title of the word this morning is The Wild. I, I, everyone look at Tim. He has a lion shirt on, ferocious. Um, <clears throat> I believe, <laughs> yeah, I believe that the Holy Spirit, that the Lord wants to extend an invitation to you this morning. Um, live in the wild with the Holy Spirit. To begin to walk in a new way with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit, who um, by the confession of our, of our faith in Jesus Christ ri- lives inside of us. All right? Um, the Holy Spirit is um, a person that sometimes doesn't get enough credit, I believe. Um, like, so I'm taking over Kids Church, and I've been doing 12 to 15-minute long videos every week. Kids here, I'm so happy to see you guys. Hi. How are you? Hi, guys. I'm so happy to see you in God's house. But So we've been talking about kingdom core values. And one of the kingdom core values is that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us by the confession of our faith and that he speaks to us. So simple, right? My kids' curriculum says it. So the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and he speaks to us. And I love that. And it just kind of like spurred this desire to know more about this person of the Holy Spirit. Um, Ephesians 1.13 says, It is Christ... That it is in Christ that you, once you have heard the truth and believed it, the message of your salvation, find yourselves home free, sealed, and this is a seal from God as a promise to what is to come, an inheritance. All right. I'm going to get the other microphone. Right? Boy. Okay. We're good. Um, so it is in Christ in you um, that sets you on the path to the Spirit. Amen? All right. So um, I was struck by the fact that we believe in the Holy Trinity, God the Father, Jesus his Son, and then somehow in church we're kind of like, and the Holy Spirit, 
right underneath. And we love the Holy Spirit. We expect the Holy Spirit, right? We love a good wild worship service where the Holy Spirit moves. We want the Holy Spirit when we have a question or when we're lost, right? We want the Holy Spirit to guide us. But for some reason, even though he is an equal part, God the Father, Jesus his Son, and the gift and the moving of the Holy Spirit, equal. Somehow, I think the church has done a disservice and has reduced this person of the Holy Spirit to an emotional encounter. Like, we only think the Holy Spirit is moving if we're fired up in worship, which the Holy Spirit does do, and I love that, right? But I've also been in services, you have too, on Sunday nights of worship last year, where it's quiet, and the Holy Spirit moves, and there's sobbing, or there's just a sense of who he is and how he's moving. We, we have come to expect certain things of the Holy Spirit that really limit the experience that we're having. We also reduce him to someone that we run to when we're in trouble. Does anyone have like a person in their life that you love so much, but when you see their name on your phone, you know it's because they're probably in trouble? Do you have someone like that? Yeah, we all do. I think, come on, guys. We all do, I think. You just know, man, they're only calling me. I don't want to be that to the Holy Spirit. I don't want him to see my name on his, you know, iPhone and be like, oh, Stacey's in trouble again. We were in Target one day, and my kids reached for one of those magic eight balls. You know what I'm talking about? I was so horrified. I, I hate them. And I, I grabbed it so quick, and I was like, no, I don't even want you to look at it. It's like some kind of spirit on it or something, but sometimes we treat the Holy Spirit like he's a magic eight ball, right? Like, Lord, I don't know what to do. Should I take this job? Should I, should I not? What, what, shake it up, try to see an answer. And we don't pull him into the conversation at all besides that. Um, Ella Victory, my youngest, who you know from Tuesday, Thursday talk, um, she's really coming into her own um, this year, and I'm so, so thankful for that. Um, her birthday is on Wednesday, so she's really excited that on Tuesday talk, she'll be eight, and on Thursday talk, she'll be nine. It's really exciting. Um, but she was, um, we, we thought our family was complete. Uh, we have a 19-year-old who's living in North Carolina. She's in the military. And then we have an 11-year-old, a 10-year-old. And we thought our family was done. And then the Lord was like, no, one more beautiful blessing, which we're so grateful for. So we say often, I, or I say often that she is like the cherry on top of our family. She's just the special touch right on top, right? We love it. We love her so much. But sometimes we treat the Holy Spirit like that, just a little frosting, just a little extra oomph. I've been guilty of that, expecting the Holy Spirit to look a certain way. Well, this morning, I want to invite you into um, a wild way of living. I, I love words that the world has twisted, right? Like reckless. We all sing reckless love. We love it. It's so good. I'm so grateful that the church has begun to take back these words that the world has cre- has turned to be negative things. Reckless, you know, we don't, nobody wants a reckless driver or a reckless person, right? But a reckless God who supersedes our expectations, who loves us in spite of ourselves, I'm here for that. So yeah, so I love words like that. And I love the word wild. Wild meaning natural, untamed. I love to speak that over my kids, tell them that they are wild and free. Um, we, we are wild and free. If you drive by on any day, you might see us roaming around the yard, probably barefoot. Um, I've been known to arrive places with no shoes on. It's okay. It's fine. I usually can find some in my trunk. Um, but we, we are wild and I'm so grateful for that. Um, 
I remind myself often that I have been created by a wild, unrestrained, uncontainable God, a creative God, a fierce God who moves outside of the, the things that we can understand. Amen. And in that wild nature of God, he saw fit to breathe life into us and create us in his image. So I remind myself often with my hand on my heart that the, my wild, amazing God created me and he made me wild and free and I can live in the natural state that he fashioned me in. I can live untamed, trusting the Holy Spirit that lives inside me. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I want to invite you into that wildness, um, into that unrestrained, just uh, natural state where the Lord, the, the Lord God who gave us the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, equal with God the Father and Jesus his Son, to dwell inside of us, to rest upon us, and to lead us in all things. Amen? Are you with me? All right. Man, I, you know, have you ever seen, if you have kids, you know, like when it rains and it's like a summer rain, my kids are like at the door just waiting, wanting to go out and dance in the rain, right? You don't have to teach kids how to be free. You don't have to teach them to find adventure. They just run out there and find it. We love to go to the beach. I'm a beach person. We love to go really early in the morning when no one else is there. And it just feels like it's our beach. And we run down the beach and we run into the water. We have a rule. Like, we can't go to the beach and not go in the water. Even if it's freezing, we have to do it. So sometimes I'm doing jumping jacks to get warmed up before I go in. But we, we just love that freedom in the wild. Um, my, my husband's not a beach guy, but he loves um, the mountains and the forest. And um, he, he loves to take us on hikes. And when we go, it's, it's just so amazing. Our kids feel like this is the best. We, no one has ever been on this trail before except for us. Like, it's just so great. It's so wild and it's so amazing. Um, when in reality, Dan, um, kind of represents the Holy Spirit because he has checked out the maps, you know, and he has packed water backpacks for all of us. And, um, he has like gummy bears in his pocket just in case someone needs a little extra oomph. Um, so under that guidance, we, the kids and I feel like we don't know where we're going to go. We can take any trail and it's amazing. It's so cool to be wild. I want to encourage you today to let go of any preconceived notions that you have of who the Holy Spirit is, of what God is like, of, of the shelf that we like to just fit him on and pull him out when we need him and enter the wild with me. All right, so I've been learning about the Holy Spirit for Kids Church, and um, I realized I, I knew a lot about the New Testament Holy Spirit who um, moves in wild, unrestrained power, um, but I didn't know a lot about the history of the Spirit. And um, I, I found out that in the New Testament, you, you know, the Holy Spirit is called our teacher, our helper, our advocate, our comforter, right? He is the one that lives inside of us and reveals the nature of Christ to us. Jesus said very clearly in the, in the New Testament that I'm leaving, but I'm going to give you someone who's going to remind you of all the things that you never heard me say. That's cool, right? And so the Holy Spirit is all those things for us. But the Holy Spirit first shows up in the Old Testament. 
In the Old Testament, um, God is, we're going to go to Exodus. God, um, creator of all, artist of the heavens, wants to be with his people. And through some miraculous events, um, God has freed the Israelites who were generations of generations were bound in slavery. And through Moses, a friend of God, um, the Israelites are free and they are learning how to be free. They've been enslaved for so long. They don't know how to be free. And there's no like older old Testament to tell them like this was it. So Moses, a friend of God spends time in his presence. Um, I'm happy to see all your faces today. Um, at the first service, I, we have a, a new friend. She's actually a neighbor from across the street. And I've I had never seen her face because she comes in and she wears a mask. Unusual times we live in. But she joined our sisterhood Zoom a couple a couple weeks ago, and I was able to see her face for the first time, and it was so cool. And it was, it was, you know, a weird feeling that that I had never seen her face before. But it was so neat to see her, and I felt like I just got to know her a little bit better just because I could see her face. Um, and it just reminded me, man, can you imagine being Moses face to face? with God, this wild, uncontainable God. The Israelites were down at the bottom of the mountain and God was at the top with Moses and they would see lightning and thunder. It was crazy because God was so big and Moses spoke to him. So when we jump into Exodus 31, Moses had been receiving hours and hours and hours like of um, face-to-face time with the Lord. Like this wasn't like, you know, an hour prayer meeting or a weekend revival service. This was like a lifetime of face-to-face time with God. And um, God has given him specific instructions on how to live free, what meat to eat, what vegetables to eat, how to cook the meat, when to do all these things. It's not super thrilling, but what is thrilling is that God was instructing them on every detail of their life. That's cool. So in this moment, God is speaking to Moses. And if you know me, you know that I like to picture God like a big old Viking king. You know the Vikings? Come on. Tattoos, like wild hair, piercing eyes, uh, swords, a bow and arrow, just like rough and wild and strong, instructing armies. And then holding like his son, like a baby, and laughing with his son with such tenderness at the same time directing armies. That's how I like to see my God. Um, And I just imagine that God um, talking to Moses up on the mountain, and he's like, you know, Moses is taking all these notes, trying to get it right. And God says, Moses, I have a great idea. I got a great, I got the best idea. I want to live with my people down there. And Moses is like, well, Lord, uh, you know, you can't fit down there you're too big. You're up here with thunder and lightning. Like you can't be down there. And he's no, no, I want to live down there. I want you to build me a tent. I want you to make curtains of goat skin. I want you to do all these things. And Moses is taking notes and he's realizing no one has ever built a tent like this. God is very detailed. And Moses is like, oh, you know, that feeling like if, you know, if you've ever worked in the trades or something and a homeowner is wanting you to do something and you're thinking, that can't happen. But it's, you know, they're the boss, so you're trying to make it happen. That's how I picture Moses, like, okay, God, I'm going to, you remember that we have tents down there, and that's what I could try to make you. And God's like, no, I want it like this. God even knew what kind of essential oils he wanted in the tent. I'm an essential oil girl. It says right here, verse chapter 30, he wanted frankincense. I'm wearing frankincense right now. It's cool. God knew what he wanted. And Moses is like, oh, I don't know how this is going to happen. And then God speaks to Moses and says, no, 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 Moses, don't freak out. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. 
In chapter 31, verse 1, God says, this is what I'm going to do. I've personally chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, son of her tribe of Judah. I've filled him with the Spirit of God. This is the first um, moment notice of someone being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, you can call him the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, whatever, same Spirit. And I'm going to give him skill and know-how and expertise. I'm going to teach him how to des- create designs like you've never been seen before. Um, God wanted something specific so that he could live with his people. Moses didn't know anyone who could do that. So what did God do? He took someone who was a crafted, um, who was a skilled craftsman, who had skill with his hands. My husband has skill with his hands. We always joke around. If you something's broken, Dan can fix anything. Um, and he said, I'm, he took this man with skill, with a natural ability, and he's he poured out his spirit on him. And not only that, he gave him guys. He gave him a crew of guys, also gifted in natural ability. And he poured out his spirit on them and he taught them every single thing that they needed to do to build something that they've never heard of before. That's cool, right? I want to invite you into wild surrender with the Lord. Not just regular old surrender, natural, untamed surrender. Anybody have toddlers? I see a couple little ones here. Man, have you ever seen a toddler that's just like fighting sleep? And they're just like, I will not. I will not take a nap. I will not. I am not tired. Anybody? I do not want to. I will not. And you, you try everything. You're like, how? you give them. You promises, um, bribes, whatever. Any, I mean, you resort to, mommy's so tired. Can you please put mommy to sleep? Anything to get them to go to sleep. And they will not surrender right? Does anyone think of surrendering like that? I will not give in. I will not. I'm in charge here. The Holy Spirit calls us to wild surrender, not a giving up, not a giving in, not a quitting, but just like that toddler that's like, I will not. All of a sudden you feel them leaning against you, you know, and it's like they can't, they can't last any longer. And then you feel that deep breath just leave their body and you know, they're finally asleep. Anyone identify with that? Yeah. And it's like, you feel relief, right? Because they're sleeping. And I see some parents out here and they are just like, they have surrendered and it's so good. They needed it so bad. That's the kind of surrender that the Holy Spirit wants to call you to. A wild, a natural, untamed, exceeding our mind surrender. The next 10 chapters in Exodus tell us that Beziel, a man with skill, who the Spirit of the Lord filled, was able to complete to the exact measurements the tent that God wanted. And not only did he and his crew build the tent, but the people around him, the Israelites, saw the Spirit of God on him, and they ended up dedicating their lives to building this tent, to serving the Lord. The Spirit of God on a man with skill amplified his ability in his surrender, impacted the world around him. That's, that's wild surrender. Um, in, in the rest of the Old Testament, it's filled with stories where God poured out his spirit one at a time and infilled men and women whose hearts were after God. Beziel was a skilled man. He had skill, and God amplified it. I like the sound of that. But Gideon, who we know because um, the story of Gideon kind of gives us permission to test God. He was a man who put out a fleece and tested God, you know. Um, Gideon was not a man of skill. He was 
when we find Gideon in Judges 6, he was scared. He was hiding. He didn't want to fight. Um, God spoke to him, and he tested God three times. Can you imagine? This is a God who's face-to-face with his people, and Gideon was like, I, I don't want to do that. I need to know, if I'm going to do that, I need to know it's really you. I'll be honest and say I have done this with the Lord before. Okay, Lord, but if that's really you, can you just send someone else to tell me to, just so I know for sure that it's you? When the Spirit of God comes upon his people, things change, right? And he he is a God of detail and order, but a God who requires surrender. Beziel surrendered and allowed the Lord to use his gifts. Gideon, through a series of events, allowed the Lord to strip him of everything that he knew. God changed his whole plan. God was uh, gracious to him and proved himself to him through three different tests and a word from some, that, a dream that someone else had that Gideon overheard. And then God continued to break down Gideon and then moved through Gideon. The word tells us, it's weird, but it's cool, that the spirit of God came upon Gideon like clothes. That means that he wore Gideon. Like a, that's like a sci-fi movie, right? The Spirit of God fell in such a way he didn't use his gifts. He didn't use his mouth. He used his whole self. Wild surrender. The Holy Spirit wants to invite you to wild surrender with him this morning. Um, the Old Testament is the Old Covenant, right? Before Christ came. God wanted to be with his people so much. This wild, amazing God wanted to be with us, his people, so much that he had them build a tent to fit his presence. But we could, he could, we could never come so close to him, you know? But thankfully, God, who created the whole word, world with a magnificent voice that created in an instant, a voice that scattered his enemies, um, a voice that uh, changed things, um, decided, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break into the world you know the story. Baby Jesus came to grow, to um, speak, to preach, to do miracles, and then um, born to die, to change the story for us. Um, wild surrender is just the beginning. It's when we say, okay, Lord, I'll, I will let you take what I have. I'll let you take what I don't have. I'll be a willing vessel for you to use, and I will do it against, against what my mind tells me. Um, but thankfully, we are no longer behind the veil. Second um, Corinthians 3.12 says that we are no longer behind the veil because Christ is for us. We are free to see God in all his glory, free in the spirit. For where the spirit is, there is freedom. Amen? The, the next invitation I have for you is an invitation um, into wild conviction. I struggled with this one because conviction is kind of a a tough word, you know. We know that there's a conviction of sin, and then there's our convictions, which are like our belief system, what we stand on, what we're firm in, right? Um, You can be a a woman of conviction, of strong point of view, which I think I am. Um, But so the Lord, the Lord, uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, no, wild conviction, Invite my people into a wild conviction. Oswald Chambers wrote um, something like, um, the conviction of sin is a rare gift. Um, It's an understanding of God that the Holy Spirit uses for us to feel the burden, the weight of our sin. Okay? Um, We know that when we are in Christ, we repent one time. We accept Jesus one time, and he frees us of our sin. 
He does not call us to live in shame. He does not call us to live in condemnation. Uh, when we repent and confess with our mouth, mouth and believe with our heart, we are saved. Amen. But I believe the Holy Spirit wants to pull us into a wild sense of conviction where we have a short account with the Father. You know what I mean? Where we're aware of the weight of our sin. Something happens, you know, I, I love a new believer that um, feels the freedom that comes from repenting. And they're just like, they feel so free that any little thing that happens, they want to call you up and be like, I think I need to ask Jesus into my heart again because I sinned, right? I love that fervor. What happens to us as we grow in the Lord? We forget our sin. We forget where God brought us from. Um, John 7 tells us that Jesus talks about living water and the fullness of the Holy Spirit that depends only on Christ's salvation. Um, John, uh, John 16 tells us that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will expose, he will convict, and he will burden the people of their sin. I want to invite you to create a new foundation of daily repentance. I want to invite you to feel the weight of your sin and the wonder of the freedom that you have. Luke 5 tells us about Peter. Peter was a friend of Jesus's, right? They hung out together. They ate together. They talked together. Um, he learned from Jesus and they were fishing and he wasn't catching any fish. And, um, Jesus said to him, throw your net on the other side. And Peter was so close to Jesus that he kind of like bantered with him. He kind of teased him like, you know, if I can't catch fish here, how am I going to catch fish there? And he was close enough to Jesus Christ, savior of the world to talk like that. Um, but he did throw his net on the other side and immediately he was overflowing with fish, right? It's a cool story. It's a cool miracle. Um, my, my first thought was that a man that could like tease the Lord, like, you know, I'm not going to catch any fish if I go, it's the same water would be able to see those fish and like high five. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. You've just filled my net. That's great. But you know what Peter did? A man that knew God, knew the Lord. He immediately fell to his knees and repented of his doubt. I want to be like Peter. I don't want to let my um, closeness with the Father, my intimacy with the Holy Spirit to make me shrug off my sin. I don't want to um, dismiss it like it's not that bad. Was it so bad that, that Peter um, teased the Lord? He doubted God and he confessed. It's cool. It's something to want. It's something to desire. I want to invite you into that wild conviction. I was talking to my kids about a year ago, and I was really trying to hammer home the point that if you sin, whether anyone sees you or not, you know, you have to repent. You have to say you're sorry. You have to, even if no one sees you, even if no one, just you and God. Like, I wanted them to really understand the weight of sin and the blessing of of our blood covering, you know? And I went through this long talk and I, I felt like it was so good. And I was like, I think they get it. And then Ella looked at me and she said, do you sin? My first thought, guys, what is wrong with me? And my first thought was like, no, but obviously that's not true because we're all sinners saved by grace. I said, no, Ella, yes, I do sin. And I'm like, this is a teachable moment. Um, yes, mommy sins. And then she looked at me real serious and she said, did you sin today? And my first thought, no. But then I, you know, I was convicted by the Holy Spirit with my seven-year-old. And I was like, you know what, Ella, I did. And she wanted to know a list of my transgressions because we had just gone through a list of her transgressions. And I felt convicted by the Spirit to tell her, you know, in seven or eight-year-old language, 
the things that I was struggling with. And then we, just like we had prayed with her to repent and ask Jesus to forgive her, we prayed for me too. And um, that sort of changed me because I realized why, why was my first response? No, mommy doesn't sin. Um, are we so, so saved that it's beneath us to know that we are also sinners? Man, I want to invite you to wild conviction. I want to invite you to a place where repentance is not hard. It's not an agonizing event. It's not something where we have to, um, cry out for, uh, Mercy, but instead it is a quick conversation with the God that loves us so much. It is a quick conversation with the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. Wild conviction. And in that, in that place of wild conviction, of daily repentance, we are able to stand on our convictions. You know what I mean? It's hard to stand on, to be bold in what you believe when you're dealing with unresolved sin right? I know I'm saying the same word like over and over, but I hope you catch it. Um, in wild conviction, in the invitation to be in a lifestyle of repentance, we have the uh, opportunity to stand firm in our conviction. Um, we can partner with the Holy Spirit. I've had many encounters with the Holy Spirit. Thankfully, I'm so, I'm so grateful for, um, the lessons that I've learned in church and out of church. My first experience with the Holy Spirit, um, I was eight or nine and I grew up in a church that met in a gymnasium. So it was really loud. We had to set up metal chairs every time there was a service. Um, it was very fun after service was over and they would break down like someone would play basketball or do, you know, fun things. It was like, it was a wild, fun, happy church to grow up in. And, um, it was not a church building and, but we had church. And one day I got to spend the day with my grandparents, my dad's um, parents, my grandma Dola, who maybe is watching. Hi, Graham and my poppy. And it was a special day. Like my grandma washed my hair in the sink and that was like a special opportunity. Like she blew dry, you know, blow dried it. It was, it was like special to me. I got to drink soda in a can. We had pizza and salad. It was like, it was a special day. And then I got to go to their church and, um, they went to a Catholic church and it was a Saturday mass and I got to go and I was so excited. And it was like one of those beautiful buildings where you had to hold your breath walking in. It was so beautiful and it smelled good and there were candles and there was music and it was just like you had to whisper when you walked in, you know, different from the church I grew up in. And I remember everything about that whole day. I sat in the pew in between my grandparents. Um, I kept sliding off the seat because my feet weren't quite touching the ground and my poppy pulled down the altar, you know, ahead of schedule um, so I could rest my feet on the altar. If you've, if you've ever been in a Catholic church, you know. Um, and I, I was waiting to kneel. I couldn't wait. Um, and my grandma kept telling me to hold on. And then it was time and I could hear all the 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 echoing sound of all the, you know, altars being pulled down and on the floor. And it was just so cool. And I knelt down. I was so excited. I got to kneel down. And when I knelt down, the Holy Spirit met me in this beautiful place where I had to be quiet. The Holy Spirit fell on me. And I was a little girl. I had no idea. I knew who the Holy Spirit was, of course. I heard people speaking in tongues, and I knew that we prayed for healing. But I had never encountered the Spirit like that, and I will never forget it. I didn't know what it was then, but I know who He is now. I can identify that, that same thing now. 
Will you, will you take the invitation into wild conviction and allow the Holy Spirit to meet you? <sighs> John 14, Jesus said, my friend is coming. You are hanging out with me now and hearing from me now, but my friend is coming who is greater than I. That's a hard thing to hear from Jesus, right? Especially for his people. Like, what? You are the greatest thing. You have changed our whole life. And he's saying, no, I, I can only be with you right now in this time. I can only be with you for a short time, a few years. And I can only be with this amount of people. But I have a friend who is coming. Same level, right? The Holy Trinity, all important, equally important. Just like God the Father, just like Jesus, his son, Savior of the world, the Holy Spirit is coming. One who will be teacher, helper, comforter, friend. One who will empower you, who will fill you, who will bridge the gap between you and God. One who will um, reveal to you all the things that you don't even know I've said. That's a, that's a brain twister, right? The, Holy, the word tells us that the Holy Spirit will come and reveal to us things that we didn't know we knew about um, the nature of Jesus Christ and what it means to be a Christ follower. Um, wild surrender means abandoning it all, right, for the Lord and allowing him to use us, what we have and what we don't have. Thankfully, the old covenant is not for us. We live under a new covenant so that we can walk in fullness of spirit and the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. We don't have to wait for him to come upon us. He lives inside of us and he pulls us into wild conviction with him. Amen. Um, the God of old, of the Old Testament, wanted to be close to his people. So he asked Moses, build me a tent. And I wanted exactly right to fill me. And, and Moses did, and God resided there. But the God of the New Testament, the God that we serve, um, calls us to be his tent. We are his house. We are the dwelling that he will live in. So the next invitation from the Holy Spirit is to walk in wild wonder. Lord. Are you in for that, church? If you're watching and you're in, tell me you're in. I'm going to look at it later. You're in. Good. Growing up in church, I've heard many times that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Have you ever heard that saying before? The Holy Spirit is a gentleman, meaning he won't force you to do anything. But just like I see God as this big old Viking king with a fierce sword and a big laugh, um, I see the Holy Spirit as a gentleman, but kind of like a rogue gentleman, you know, like a 1930s gangster gentleman. Go with me, guys. Come along into my imagination with me. I see the Holy Spirit as um, in a tailored suit, you know, like gold cufflinks, hat tipped over one eye. He's in the shadows, but he's the kind of guy that like clocks every entrance, you know, when he walks in. He sees who who's a threat and who isn't. You know what I'm saying? Come on. I know some of you guys like, you know, some of you ladies and gentlemen like to sit, you know, facing the door so you know it's coming. I know. Um, I see the Holy Spirit like that. He's dressed to the nines. He, he is in control. He is quiet. He is not giving away a lot. But when you need him, just a flick of the finger, a quick glance. He is in action. He is underneath that jacket. He is armed. He's dangerous. He is wild. It's just contained. The Holy Spirit will not work against our will, but the Holy Spirit is not safe. He's not tame. He is wild, and he encompasses the goodness of God, and he, he is aware of the battle that we are in. Man, speaking of conviction, I 
we are in a, living in a time, a very uncertain time, and there is a war against our spirituality. There is a war against our children. There is a war beginning in the womb. There is a war against identity and sexuality. There is a war um, against the foundations of faith that we have. And man, the Holy Spirit is, aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit is not a safe, quiet, reserved gentleman who does not move? Aren't you glad that he's a little bit Roguish, and he is ready and willing to fight on our behalf. Man, social media, if you're on social media, you know everyone has something to say, and there's just attacks everywhere. And it's very clear that um, we need to stand on our convictions and stand on the things that the Lord has placed in our heart. And I know that some of our convictions will be the same, right? Because we believe in the same God, same word. We all can agree on certain things. And the Lord does empower some of us to fight for different things. If you follow me, you know that um, I frequently post about um, the war on the womb, and I post about human trafficking. That's a conviction inside of me. I post about freedom because it's important to me. Um, I know some of you have some deep convictions as well, and I'm, I'm impressed by that. But the Holy Spirit wants to partner with us in that. The Holy Spirit is not quiet and tame and unreserved and just like in the background. He is active and he is ready. Um, in that, what does that mean for us? For me, um, I'll be really transparent with you. I feel, I feel uh, the weight of conviction over what I've allowed in my, um, in my mind, what, what shows I've watched. You know, I, I, there's a few shows that I'm like a season and a half in, you know, like Netflix is just great for that. And I've had to stop watching and man, I'm hooked. Like, I'm hooked on this show, and I just feel the Holy Spirit being like, it's not so bad. It's not so inappropriate. It's all right, but it's not for you. And I've had to, you know, with struggle sometimes and being like, all right, I'm done. I'm done with this. And, you know, it's, it's not easy. I've had to look, guard my home and look at the things that I've um, mindlessly given my kids. They're not so bad, you know? Like, the shows are not blatantly evil. But I believe that we're living in a time where evil is not hiding anymore. It's just staring us right in the face. And we need to be mindful of what we're bringing into our home, what we're teaching our kids. I, um, it's kind of like a joke, which I'm really proud of in our family, that um, if I'm talking talking to myself, I'm probably talking to the Holy Spirit. And my kids tease me, are you talking to the Lord right now? Um, and I had a conversation with my little one not too long ago where she really wanted to watch a show. And um, I just felt a real check in my spirit. I told her, I said, we're not watching that anymore. The Holy Spirit does not like it. Um, it grieves the Holy Spirit. And she's like, okay. And then she's like, did the Holy Spirit tell you anything about ice cream? <laughs> I said, no, the ice cream's still good for you. So we got some ice cream and that was good. But um, it's really important, parents, especially, I feel this is a burden of mine, a conviction of mine. Um, you have been given the incredible opportunity to raise children in this world. So please partner with the Holy Spirit. Live under that wild conviction and begin to let it overflow onto your family, onto your grandkids. Um, that may mean saying no to some shows that they really love. That may mean canceling different, you know, cable or whatever. That might mean, um, like, I had, we had so many books in our bookshelf and, um, the Lord is leading us to homeschool. So I've been kind of redoing our stuff. And I looked at all these books and I, the Holy Spirit just kept bringing me back to this bookshelf. I mean, so many books and they're mostly good books, you know, kids books, Bible books, whatever. 
some we've acquired along the way. And the Holy Spirit just kept bringing me over. And I was like, do you want me to read every book, like every kid's book to see if it's good? I was like, okay. So I had some time and I was ready to do this. And it seemed so daunting. And the Holy Spirit just like spoke over me and was like, let me help you. I was like, okay, help me. And I put my hand on each shelf and I was like, are these good or bad? Good. Good or bad? Good. Good or bad? Good. They're good. Okay. There's a basket of books left over. I put my hand over. It's good or bad? Bad. So I sat there and instead of going through hundreds of books, I went through maybe 30. And I just held them up like totally weird and wild and whatever. Good or bad? I didn't even look at them. Some were good. Some were bad. Just threw them out. And the sense of peace that I have when I walk by there, man... I can't, I can't imagine what the opposite of that piece would have been if I had ignored the Holy Spirit and I had to walk by the bookshelf every day. So I want to invite you into that wild conviction. I want to um, empower you to be bold and to ask the Lord. Maybe it's what you're putting in your mouth. Maybe it's um, what you're watching or what you're reading. Maybe it's not so bad, but maybe the Lord wants to just grow you and bring you to a different level, all right? Come on. So the last thing, go back to this. The last invitation is into wild wonder. I love the word wild. You know that. You got that now. And I love the word wonder um, it, because of my personality and the things that I like. People would, for a long time, people would give me things that say, all good things are wild and free, which I love. I have a coffee mug that I drink out of almost every morning. Um, and my brain kind of auto-corrects it to say, to read, all God's children are wild and free. For real, it does that. Um, and I love it. And for a season in my life, people were always giving, giving me things that say, not all who wander are lost. And um, I get that. I get the sentiment. I get the point. I have a little bit of wanderlust in me, just in my natural personality. But uh, years ago, the Lord um, challenged me to change it to wonder. And I've been on probably a, I've been married for almost 16 years, I think probably a 15-year journey to change my, my natural human desire to wander, to be an adventurer, into wonder. Um, it's just a little switch, right? One, one letter. And it just changes my focus. Um, it points me to the Holy Spirit, and it reminds me that God, so wild, so big, wants us to be in wonder of him. I mean, just look at the sky. Feel the wind. A few nights ago, we had a wild windstorm. It was so I could, My kids and I couldn't wait to run outside and just, like, feel the wind in our hair. Um, dance in the rain. Embrace the, the waves at the ocean, right? wonder at the miraculous around you. The Holy Spirit is sort of a gentleman, but he's, he's wild. And he invites us into that wild wonder. He does not, he will not compete with the things that we put in front of him. He will not argue or assert his will, right? But he will be waiting. He will be waiting quietly for us to activate him. Um, Acts 2, we know it well, the day of Pentecost, the upper room, it's the foundation of our our belief system when the Holy Spirit fell, right? We know that because of Jesus' blood sacrifice, because of um, his... uh, redemption for our sins. We are, we are saved. Uh, we don't have to continue to repent. We don't have to live in shame or condemnation. We can live wild and free and known by the father with the Holy spirit living inside of us. Come on church. Yeah. But 
But before we learn, we have, the, we have God's word. I say it in my kids' ministry videos all the time. We have the Bible, and the Bible is God's word. And God's word is true. So we can trust what it says. The Holy Spirit, who's kind of a gentleman, will never contradict God's word because he's part of it. He's part of the Father. He's part of the Son. They work together. Um, so the early church... They were really just a, a, a bunch of Jesus' friends. They had just seen Jesus do miracles. They had t- spent time um, learning under him, right? And they saw him put to death, and they saw him raised again to life, imagine. And they um, heard his, uh, his um, resurrected body speak to them and teach them. And then he says, don't be sad. Don't be sad, but I got to go again. And they're like, wait, what? You just got back from death, and you're, you're like our favorite. And he says, no, I got to go. But I have to go because there's someone better than I. There's someone greater than I, a friend, who's going to dwell inside of you, who's going to live inside of you. He's coming. So wait for him. Watch for him. So what did the church do? Man, Acts tells us they gathered together in one room. Can you imagine? They're waiting for someone. They don't know who it is. They don't know that he's going to be a wild, untamed um, spirit of structure, and detail, but also like the wind. They don't know that. They could be waiting for a person, right? Think of if you were back then, who would you be expecting? So they're like, we better stick together. So when he comes, we'll all see him like at the same time, right? Can you imagine that excitement? They're trying, I I can just put, put yourself, they were people like us. They knew Jesus and he was gone and they're just waiting and they're like, okay, he promised us. We know he's true. He, what he says is true. So we're going to, can you imagine that excitement? They're there. Maybe they were getting a little tired. I don't know. Maybe they were like, we want to be happy, but we miss the Lord. I don't, it's a tension, but they were gathered in one place all together. Just, we don't know what this is. And They were together in one place, and the Lord tells us, without warning, this is not the spirit of the Lord who was detailed and structured and came upon and left. No, this is a wild, uncontainable uh, force. It was a sound like a strong, violent wind, and it came from heaven. No one can tell where it came from, but it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And then like wildfire, this is not a safe thing. Why We see wildfires now in California. We pray for them in Montana, right? They're destructive. And that's how God, that's the language that our God uses to, to describe his spirit. A gale force wind that causes destruction, a wildfire that destroys, right? This is the nature of the wild Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. And like fire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks and tongues of fire began to appear on their heads, rested on them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, church. They began to speak in other tongues that they had never known before. They were gathered in one place and they were praying and the Holy Spirit came suddenly without warning in a spontaneous, destructive, unable, hard for us to understand way. And he gave them a language that they had never heard. And people were like, what is going on? They're crazy. They're drunk. And Peter, with the confidence that I know came from that immediate filling of the Holy Spirit, that wild nature of God that fell, said, it says, Peter stood and backed by the other 11 disciples. Peter didn't stand on his own. He stood with his church. 
He stood with his leaders, just like the Holy Spirit will stand, will, will stand with the word. He wants you to stand with a, a body of believers, with a pastor and teachers that will guide you. Peter stood backed by the other 11. And you know what he said with bold urgency? You got it twisted. They're not drunk. They're not crazy. This is the spirit that Jesus promised us. He infilled us. Come on, somebody. If that's not exciting, then we need to go back to the beginning. We need to go back to wild surrender. If that's not exciting, we need to go back to that place of conviction and allow the Holy Spirit to grow us, to break down what the world has created inside of us, back to that wild, natural state, that untamed state where he fashioned us in his image. Wild wonder of the Holy Spirit. Peter spoke to the people and he said, he echoed the prophets of old in the old covenant who also knew the spirit of God. He echoed them and he said, in the last days, if you don't know, these are the last days, church. These are the last days we are living in. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on every single kind of people and your sons will prophesy and also your daughters. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And when the time comes, I will pour out my spirit on those who serve me, men and women both, and they will prophesy. I will send wonders in the sky. I will convict and I will change and I will show up in a spontaneous wild way because I am God and I am living inside of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. So man, church, He is a wild God, and he is for you. He has fashioned you in his image. He has created you with beautiful precision, and he has not left you saved, but he has infilled you with that wild, passionate power of the Holy Spirit. He has, he has um, empowered you to stand in conviction, to live in repentance, to live surrendered, and to know the wild nature of the God that gives you the power and the authority to speak in tongues that you do not know, to prophesy, to dream dreams. To lay your hands on sick and they will be healed. He gives you the um, power to put your hand on a bookshelf and know which books are okay for your kids and which books aren't. He gives you the authority to walk down the grocery store and know what foods you're going to need tomorrow or a month from now. The Holy Spirit wants to partner with you. He wants to be in every bit of your life. Man, we are in uncertain times, and we need him more than ever. I don't know about you, but I want to be so intimate with the Spirit that when he says, go left, I turn left, even if there's no street there. The second time I ever experienced the Holy Spirit, my my family went to, uh, well, the, the second time I experienced the Holy Spirit, I was a little girl, and we were at a revival service, and it was like a fired-up preacher, you know? And he went down the, the line and laid hands on people, and they were getting slain in the Spirit, and I was, my dad was kneeling down next to me, and he missed me. He passed me, and then came back and knelt down and said, do you know Jesus? He was unlike the Holy Spirit encounter I had in that quiet, reverent church. But he was filled with fire, and he said, do you know Jesus? Yes, I do. Do you want the Holy Spirit? Yes, I do. 
And he put his hand on my head, a gentle touch, and I felt the Holy Spirit again. And if my dad wasn't holding my back, I think I would have fallen over. Fast forward to my teenage years when I was no longer filled with the wonder of a child watching a preacher, right? I had begun to form a foundation on my own that was um, created with just like, you know, garbage, pain, hurts, uh, an idea of having to minimize myself to, to be uh, available to the Lord, just garbage. And we went down to Pensacola, Florida, where there was a Brownsville revival. Danica, I know you know. If you know, you know. And the Holy Spirit had been moving there. It was a, a revival that lasted, I think, six years. And people were coming by thousands and getting saved, convicted by the Holy Spirit and freed. And I went into that service. You know, I, I know church. I like church. People wants to, if someone wants to pray for me, I'll say, yes, pray for me. And the weight of the glory of the Holy Spirit fell on me that I couldn't stand up for hours, hours, church, hours. And I'm like, you know, at 16, 17, self-conscious, I had all this like foundation that I was building of my Christian faith that in that moment, in that weight of his glory, the Holy Spirit began to do like demolition in me. And he began to remind me of the wild nature that I have, of the wild curiosity and creativity that I have. I'm so grateful for that. But man, he wants to do the same in you. You can, I, I feel so strongly. Some of us are like, but, but Stacy, I live surrendered. I live under the conviction. I want that. I live in wonder. But man, we have created, we have like, like self-sabotaged ourselves by creating a foundation that is not what the Lord wants. Just like he had detail and precision and structure for his tent in the day. He wants to, he wants to build you to be the house that can hold his glory. I know somewhere there's a quote from C.S. Lewis. You can read it. So good. You are the living house, and the Lord wants to demo you from the inside out to create a home that will house his spirit. Come on. I want that. I want to be Peter, who's, who is quick to feel the weight of his sin and able to move on. And I want to be like the early church that had tongues of fire and the confidence to move in that power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you. Whew. So... Thank you, Jesus. All right, Pastor, I just I want to share one more thing. Pastor's going to come. Listen, my son cut his hand about a week and a half ago, and it was really bad. We had just gotten over. My daughter had a really bad injury. It was like 14 stitches. We had to go to the doctor a few times. It was infected. It was a, it was a struggle, and I didn't want to have to go through that again, and it looked like worse. There was so much blood, and... Because of the intimacy that I have with the Father, I, I'm so grateful. Because of that intimacy, when I saw the blood, the, my first gut reaction was, Holy Spirit, please, please heal his hand. I can't do this again. And, you know, he was terrified. I was terrified. I prayed in the Spirit all the way down the stairs into the kitchen, and I held on for a long time. And I felt the Holy Spirit fall in our kitchen. He, even Jack stopped crying. And I peeled back that towel with total confidence that that wound was going to be healed. I really did. I really did. And, and it, it wasn't, but it did stop bleeding. And I, I felt the Holy Spirit invade that space. And, you know, I was so thrilled. I was so grateful. And I, I did all the things, Neosporin, you know, high peroxide, essential oils, whatever. And as the day went on, it got worse. And it was swollen, and it was hot to the touch, and it was kind of spreading down his arm, and he had a little slight fever, and I was worried. And I called the doctor. We had plans this year in the morning. My husband's insurance had just ended because he got a new job, and there was like a short time where it was just like all the things. And, you know, 
Was it so bad? No. Could he have used maybe a, a couple of stitches? We could have gotten some antibiotics. Could we have afford, like, afforded the bill? Yeah. I mean, it would have been great. No, but it was not so bad. But the Holy Spirit woke me at like 2 a.m. that morning. And I began to pray in the Spirit. And, and I don't know. I don't know why. But I believe that because of my partnership with him, because of my surrender, that the Lord saw my, my just like desire to be so led by him. I, I prayed in the Spirit. I went to sleep. Jack climbed into bed with us that morning. I said, oh, look. No more red. I can, I can wiggle my hand. And I had put marks around the red, you know, to see if it spread. Even the marks were gone. The Sharpie failed me. Nothing. Totally, to, so much better. And I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. And I, I called the doctor. She said, okay, keep an eye on it. And I did all the things. And you know what happened? We like, we like forgot about it. Because the next day we were playing at a farm, jumping and playing. The day after that, he was riding his bike, using his hand. Totally forgot then he was playing with Dan, Nerf gun fight, you know, and he fell and he ripped off the scab. And I was like, oh, man, I forgot about that thing. Now it's going to be infected. It's going to have a problem. And the Holy Spirit was just like, mm, you already asked me. I already moved. And you know what? Now this, this big gash is like this little tiny dried healed wound. And I say that because does the Holy Spirit hear me any more than he hears you? No. By the confession of our mouth and his blood covering, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. So will you, will you walk with me? Will you walk into the wild with me? Will, will you step into new territory with the Holy Spirit? It's so good. It's so good. Okay. I'm done. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Stacy. I believe you heard from the Lord and you, you delivered a good message, a great message, a message we all needed to hear. I really think this is associated with the whole pandemic thing. Let me get over here. That uh, the Lord has given us time to think about some things. And this, this word, you're, you're invited. And no one's going to twist your arm to get there, but we're all invited into this walk with God. He wants to do something with us. What a great opportunity for the church to have a makeover. We had a physical makeover. How about a spiritual makeover, right? God, God wants to do something during this time. And so you're invited to a wild surrender, a wild conviction, and a wild wonder, living with the Holy Spirit. So why don't we all stand together for a moment? James, could you put on that slide from the C.S. Lewis slide? I think we should save it. I tried to read it, but I, I, I was listening and never got through the whole thing. Can we do, read it together, church? Can we do that? Imagine yourselves as, as a, a living, living house. house. God, God comes, comes in, in to rebuild, to rebuild that, that house. house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what he is doing. He's getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing, and so you were not surprised. But presently... He starts knocking the house apart in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage, but he is building a palace he intends to come and live in it himself. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. The Lord is building the house, right? He's building our house. So every head bowed for just a moment. Just want to raise the questions. If you're watching at home, uh, this is where we get a little personal. So um, I just want to present this to allow you an opportunity to respond. But does anyone really want to surrender? I mean everything. You know, most of us have surrendered a lot. And maybe there's some that are holding on to some things. But we come to a place today where, Lord, uh, we understand you want 100%. So it could be whatever. It could be the language we use. It could be the thoughts we have. It could be the, the habits we are used to doing or whatever. But are you ready to surrender even those things to the Lord? If that's you, just lift up your hand to the Lord and say, Lord, that's me. I surrender to you, Lord. I, I surrender to make you the Lord of my life, every aspect of my life. I, uh, I want to ask you this, if there's anyone here that wants that conviction. In other words, Stacy, you said it so well, but there's things in our life where we've become accustomed to and we lost a conviction. We might have been convicted of those things last year or five years ago, but now ah, it's not so bad, but it's not God's best. So, Lord, we pray for a holy conviction. We pray that we would see things your way. And, Lord, even the, the silly things that we do, just because that's the way we are, Lord, if they're, not, if they're not right, convict us, Lord. Let it not tear us down. Let it build us up. And so we just pray, Lord, for your insight into things that we do and how we live our lives. And, and that wild wonder. I wonder if some of us are, are wondering, what does God have for me? What is God doing during this pandemic? What, what am I, I got laid off from my job or I'm having financial trouble or whatever is going on in my life. But this is a time to trust God because he will bring us to another level even while we struggle. And so I wonder if anyone could relate to that and say, Lord, I, I'm ready to go to the next level. I surrender to your wildness. Some of us have been too tame. I, I, there's one author... John Eldridge, I think, wrote this. He said one of the biggest problems for men in the church is that the church has tried to tame them instead of keeping them wild for Jesus. The church has tried to tame people. But we don't want to be tamed. We want to be loosed to be creative and wild and, and forceful for the kingdom of God. Okay, I want to pray. Father, Lord, you saw the hands. You see the hearts. You know what's going on in the spiritual realm right now for all of us, those at home that are watching this. Lord, first of all, thank you for using Stacy to bring us a word today. We need to live wild during these times, really, until you come back. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray for a fresh, maybe a new infilling or a fresh infilling of your spirit that we would be men and women of God that are not ashamed or embarrassed to be spiritual people, to be Pentecostal people filled with the spirit of the living God. Lord, let us embrace your spirit and live for you in these days as never before. So Lord, help us to apply this, scripture, uh, this message today to our lives. Let us live wild for you. 
Let us, let us catch your glory. Let us catch your spirit. Let us catch your creativity and do a great work for the kingdom of God during these days. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you for speaking to us. Let us leave here today, Lord, encouraged. Let us have opportunities to put it into action. And let us have a great work seeing your, your ways before our spiritual eyes unfold. So we give you all thanks and we give you all praise today. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, we do pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, church, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to make my way down to the front door to greet some of you on your way out. Uh, Stacy's going to be available to pray with you. Pamela, could you be available to pray with people? Uh, if you want prayer, wear your mask, okay? But we want to leave the altars open just for, you know, a time, uh, just for a short prayer over you. And, uh, but if you have to go, I want to be at the front door to greet some of you on the way out. So you're not, you're not, you don't have to leave right now. You, you can if you, if you have to or if you want to. If you want to stay and linger in the presence of God, you're welcome to do that as well. But hopefully we'll see you at the 6 p.m. prayer meeting as well. Okay, God bless you.